You're listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast, a conversation about where we are and where we're going in amateur radio. I'm your host, Dan, KB6NU. Tom, KB5RF, won't be joining me today, but I do have a guest, Rhea Jairam, N2RJ. Rhea is running this year for director of the ARRL Hudson Division. Well, hi, Rhea. Nice to, uh, nice to have you on the show. Uh, you're actually my first interview on this podcast. Wow. Hi, Dan. Well, I'm, I'm very um, a, a privileged to do that, I guess, and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks very much. So why I'm interviewing you is that you're running for the uh, ARRL Board of Directors from the Hudson Division. And uh, I'd like to just jump right into that. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about, just a little bit about your background. Um, I'm going to point to some other places on the internet in the show notes where they can get all your uh, uh, credentials, which are which are certainly uh, uh, impressive. Uh, but just give us a little bit from your uh, point of view. What's what's the important point? Sure. Well, um, yeah, all my info is on qrz.com. It's also on my website, which Dan will provide at, at HTTPS Hudson dot n2rj.com but as far as my background goes i originally started this hobby i originally started out um, as a shortwave listener and my dad got me involved and then i got um on the hook for electronics and then i got licensed by an elmer an in-person elmer which i think is important um called uh his name was um tony nine yankee four alpha lima he was a school teacher and this was in trinidad and tobago i moved to the states in the year 2000 I got licensed in 2001 here. I became active with emergency communications and also on local repeaters. Um, moved around a bit um, within the New York City, New Jersey area, changed jobs, got married, had three kids, got back into um, into HF Hamming, first mobile, was my trip to Dayton in 2006, um, getting a mobile set up and then um, you know, settling down into a nice, um, modest house with some acreage so we could put up antennas. So. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So let's talk about why you were, you, uh, decided to run. Okay. Um, well, you know, first of all, I know the players very well. I know Mike very well. Um, I know a lot of people in New York city very well. And I really, and I also know some of my friends, um, who are part of my ARL voice very well. And outside of my ARL voice, they began talking about a lot of the problems. I looked at it myself, and I began to see a lot of things that were not um, headed in the direction of transparency, proper accountability. And then I saw the proposals being made with regards to giving appointed officials or, um, votes. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, if ARL is a democratic um, representative member services organization. Why is it heading in this direction? Oh, you and me both. I that, that all those proposals just drew me drove me over the edge. <laughs> yeah, and then you know I publicly questioned Mike um, about his censor of Dick Norton at my club's uh, luncheon in December, and that didn't go over well at all with him. But I thought the answers he gave were a little a little thin, and I thought they were evasive, but you know, um, at the same time, he also, I told him, I said, well, Mike, you know, I think we should run somebody against you. And he said, are you going to run? And he kind of was making fun of me. 
So it's part that too. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Mike? I don't know yet, but we'll see. I had a I had a work issue I had to resolve. I spent um, ten years at a large media company who kind of nixed my bid when I asked their legal department because they're afraid of a conflict of interest. Huh. And um, I, you know, I didn't really understand where they're coming from, but I took the opportunity to leave and find a better job. So I'm, I win either way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. I, you know, I, I actually ran for my for vice director 10, 12 years ago. And at first they were going to disqualify me because I, at the time I was selling uh, uh, books over the Internet, technical books. Yeah. And so, of course, that would have kind of been a conflict of interest with the, with their book uh, uh, thing. Anyway, mm -hmm. I, I ended up losing any. I, they, eventually I was qualified. I ended up losing my 12 votes. Oh, no. So, 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 so I joke. Not my joke now is... I'm a better uh, uh, amateur radio operator than I'm a politician. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, well, I think you're great. I, I think you're great as an amateur radio operator. I think you're great as an educator. I can't assess your skills as a politician, but I'll just do it for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So so um, yeah. So the, you know that, like you say, that that whole uh, uh, censure thing really kind of kind of got me going too. Uh, you know, my division director was actually the chair of the ethics committee when when this was all going on, and I never really got a. You know, I only like the guy. I like the, the guy. He's you know he's he's really, he's usually pretty upfront, but he was he was totally evasive with me about this issue too. And and uh, I don't you know it just it just sat the wrong way with me too. Yeah, you know, and that's just one issue, really. I really think it's, um, some people think that that's all of it, but no, it's a culmination. It's a combination of several different things. I think that is just a symptom of a larger problem where basically, um, you know, I think that there's a sense that dissenting opinions kind of get sidelined and people get punished because Dick Norton wasn't the only director to face, well, he was the only one who gets censured recently. There was another director. If you look on the internet, you could find him. Um, I think he was either director or vice director at that time, who faced a motion for censure. And I really don't know why, because I know the guy, you know, and I know, I know, um, I know his wife very well, yeah. and we're good friends. And the thing is, I don't see why he would he would get censured. Hmm. You know, I think I think there are you know there are competing factions on the board that uh, the transparency versus the you know, we know better side, so to speak. Well, you know, and I think that's always kind of been a problem with the league is yeah. just like you say, we know better. And right. and that that seemed to, seems to seep into all the ARRL operations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I'm even seeing it with um, uh, some of the, the statements made about my candidacy saying she's not experienced. I mean, well, is that all you really have to go on? Because I can tell you, you can look on my LinkedIn. You can look on my on my website, and I don't think you'll see inexperience being demonstrated because I've had, you know, I've had strong leadership roles in the corporate world. I've been a respected Elmer in the amateur radio world, and people come to me to solve a lot of their problems, technical, and then sometimes just to talk. You know, yeah. I mean, it could be because of the YL thing, or it could be, you know. <laughs> It, it could be other reasons, but you know what? I always get the sense that people love to talk to me because I'm a, a, an open and listening voice, and I tend to to address their problems like like you said. If you get straight to the point in a no nonsense manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, that's great. I, so I'm, 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 uh, I'm really hopeful. And and by the way, I, I am going to invite Lysenko to come on, uh, be interviewed on the podcast here. I, I don't know that he will, of course, but uh, he hasn't been. Uh, very forthcoming with the, the other podcasts, which are even more popular than mine. So I, I doubt he'll come, but but I, that invitation is certainly going to be open to him. I'd be willing to hear what he has to say. Yeah. So so is there anything else you'd like to do as a director? Yeah, sure. So I think as a technology professional, I, I you know, I worked in large IT systems servicing billions of page views per month. I think there is a, a definite... Um, need for improvement in some of the programs at the league with regards to technology. I think things like the VE system, you know, there's, there's Laurel VEC where I was blown away that you can take an exam in one day and then you can go and get the VE team can then upload online afterward. Right. Maybe like in the same day, ARL VEC, they depend on the United States postal service. God bless them. But the, the you know it's 2018. This thing could be done online. I hear you, and, yeah. and not only that, they don't charge anything. They they don't, and you know I understand some of the clubs take a part of the fee as reimbursement, and that's fine. So maybe some sort of compromise could be reached where the clubs could collect a portion, and ARL can use this as a valuable vehicle for marketing membership because I think right now a lot, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen a lot of teams that were formerly ARL going to Laurel. And you know, I think Laurel does good work. I just think that ARL shouldn't fall behind in that manner. They, they use Laurel at Dayton? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're talking about membership. So one of, one, one of my biggest, uh, uh, what I don't want to say, I'll say point. One of my biggest points about the ARRL is the declining membership. And let me just bounce this idea off you and see what you think. I, I've said uh, repeatedly that I think the ARRL should shoot for 25% of licensed radio amateurs as a membership goal. What, what, would, what would you think about that? What is it right now? I think it's like around 22%. 22% and falling. Yeah, I think um, – I wouldn't say 20, 25% is conservative. I think that's a good start. But as far as how that is accomplished, I think a lot of it goes hand in hand with what people see as value for money. I see a lot of people basically saying that they're not joining ARL because they don't seem to get a good value for money. And I mean, let's face it, you know, some people will not, will, will, will join for the magazine and some people will tell them, Oh, ARL is their voice in Washington, but how far does that go? Yeah. You have to order. You have to have value adds. And and is and is it having a, a voice in Washington worth fifty bucks to the in, individual person? That's the yeah. That's the deal. Yeah, I think twenty five percent might be a good starting point. I know DARC in Germany does like sixty percent, but there's a cultural difference between the United States and Germany too. Right, you have to take into account. Right. Well, I, my my point is, I think they they need to just set a goal because then that will right. drive the other actions, right? And yeah, so, they, so if they don't set a goal, then then you can, you then you'll always meet it. <laughs> in other words, right? They might have a goal already, but this is another thing I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. I've talked to people in my field aid tours. I've heard a lot of disaffection with things that are going on. Not just the the lack of of member involvement in decisions, 
I've heard a lot of people saying some operational things just don't work for them. For example, one guy told me he did a VE session and the session bounced because his VE credentials expired because you have to keep active. I think within five years, you have to do at least one session. And he didn't know. And he signed CSCs and everything. And then the paperwork came back said, well, this person's invalid. He received no notification of this via email, via via postal service, nothing. I think in 2018, we could do this via email where somebody registers their email address. They get a notification saying your V session, your V credentials are about to expire. Um, please come, please, you know, complete a session or provide some sort of means to get it back. I guess that that's a matter of how they keep track of that at the URL, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if it's on paper, then sure they're only going to find it when they check the the records. But if it's on a computer, it should spit it out. You know, every month these people are expiring. Notify them. I can tell you something. I'm because I wasn't born in this country. I came here as an immigrant, and now I'm a United States citizen for ten years. Yeah. And. When I came here, the initial records held by then INS were on paper, and they had to recall paper files in Nebraska and bring them to New York wow. to process immigration cases. It was horrendously slow. Now they have it on computer. A lot of things go faster. When I petitioned for my dad, his process was so quick. I mean, it, it was still took a long time, but it was so quick. So the benefit of proper IT systems and implementing them cannot be understated because it's proven. It's a proven thing. Well, that's that's one thing I think that's great about the FCC ULS database is every, everything's right there. And, you know, you you need to renew your license. If you click key clicks and you're done. Yeah, I have a friend actually who works in IT at the FCC, ah. Mark Colombo, N4MJC. Um, he, he, he do, they do a lot of work there with regards to IT, and they're always improving. I think that's great. Yeah, tell, tell him. Tell him I said he's doing a good job. um okay anything else membership was my big big uh big uh, point but uh anything else that you see i think local concerns too need to be focused on i know some radio amateurs for example you know i do roving with andrea k2ez we faced a problem in state parks here where the park police were basically telling us to leave because we didn't have a permit but the thing is we didn't have any antennas outside the vehicle we had it just mounted on a vehicle but she saw amateur radio antennas on a vehicle and said no you need a permit for that I, I think I want to work closely with some of the local officials either through the sections or with the vice director I know the vice director in, in Hudson he's a good friend of mine Bill Hudzik W2UDT he's a very good guy he he has a lot of experience talking with the legislature and he helped us with our cell phone law here. So I want to tap him to get some guidance on that, if I do get the opportunity to work with him. Huh. Well, that's that's really uh, strange. Maybe maybe you can uh, refer them here to Michigan. You know, Michigan, well, now we have this Michigan State Parks on the air. And mm-hmm. and the one, a friend of mine, WATAM, is one of the, uh, well, I think he's the top activator, actually. He, uh, when, when he goes to a park now, they they invite him in. They I mean they're saying, "Oh yeah, go anywhere you want, do anything you want." Because the 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 hams the the parks really love the hams now here. Yeah, and I, I mean we were basically told 
that we need insurance, we need expensive stuff, and because wind might blow down the antennas. But the thing is, we drive at 60 miles an hour with the antennas on vehicles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to fall off in a park. No. You know, so I think definitely, though, I think that that will be a good idea. You have some sort of memorandum of understanding or a relationship generally with the parks department. Yeah, you know, it really is all about communication. Yeah, exactly. This is a communications hobby. We need to have communication first and foremost. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, apart from that, I mean, you know, the main things I'll be hitting on are the transparency, the accountability, and the sound governance of, of the league. I really want to listen to everybody and find out their, um, their opinions, especially with regards to FCC matters. I've been talking with a number of experts um, so I went, I, I'm an alum of um, NYU Engineering. I spoke to the, the EC professor there, um, uh, Ted Rappaport, and he, um, N9NB, I think is his call. But he, um, he has some really great ideas with regard to uh, data proposals on HF, you know, what we should and shouldn't be doing. So I want to tap experts like him. I also want to tap other subject matter experts, especially with the Parity, Parity Act, if it hasn't gone too far already. I want to see, because I think if it, it's passed, I think it'll make things a little worse for the hams living in HOAs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that that's a great idea. Another another thing I've hit on in the past on my blog is, um, and I, I don't know how to do this, right? But somehow I think we need to be more involved in some of the research going on especially around emergency communications. Mm -hmm. I, th I, think, I think we're just getting totally left behind on this stuff. And um, again, I don't know exactly how we do it, but if we could somehow amateur radio and the ARRL is our, our group, somehow we could be more involved in that. I think that would, that would be a good thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, years ago, hams were innovators, right? Hams would, would actually help develop new technologies. And today, even though you're seeing some of that, for example, my friend Joe Taylor, K1JT, he's developed a whole suite of, of new modes and weak signal processing. Yep. And also um, the work that Ted does in NYU is, is really good with wireless, and he's trying to bring more of amateur radio into it. So I want to tap, tap resources like that to help us bring us further into, well, well to bring us, period, into the 21st century. Yeah. And, we, you know, we need to send people. We need to send people to these conferences. You know, there's yes. there's an emergency communications conference. And then there's another one that's sort of like a, a symposium on advanced radio techniques. And I, I just, even if, even if we don't have, um, I don't know what to say, you know, even if we don't present papers there, we should, should at least send yeah. someone there to, to, um, to see what's going on and report on it. I believe we have in the talent pool and amateur radio people who will who are capable of presenting papers. For example, my friend Steve Hicks, N5AC from Flex Radio, yeah. who he he's always at DCC and various conferences, and he's a very he's a very smart guy. I can tell you that he would he could present some really good papers for um you know for for different aspects of software defined radio and digital signal processing. Yeah, Bob and 4 hy Yeah, who's yep. a professor at um, uh, UVA. Yep. Um, sorry, not UVA. Um, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah. Right. Sorry. 
And um, he, yeah, he's he's another one we could tap. So, so maybe maybe it's a question of setting up some kind of, I don't know, committee or something that would draw these people in and help us set the agenda. Maybe we should have a STEM committee. Maybe we should have a an educational outreach committee if there isn't one already. Yeah, right. Yeah. A research committee, something like that. Well, so you're hitting on all my hot points here, because just like you say, I think within the amateur radio community, we have so much talent that we're mm -hmm. just not taking advantage of. And I think by and large, a lot of people are kind of, some people tend to shy away from the, the politics and bureaucracy of ARL. I want to I bring back a more friendly ARL that's conducive to that sort of thing, where technical people will, will not feel bogged down by politics. Oh man, I, 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 I'm loving everything you say. Really. <laughs> so, so having said all that, uh, um, and you're obviously running here. Have you have you heard anything else about anyone else in the other divisions doing the same kind of thing? You know, I know one person who is running. That's Mike Ritz, W7DO, in the Pacific, um, in the Northwestern Division. Yeah. He's running against Jim Pace, K7CEX. Okay. Actually, he's not running against Jim. He's running. Jim is retiring. He's okay. running against Bonnie Altus, AB7ZQ. She's running against um, against him. So they're both. Um, she's the vice director right now. Okay. So she's succeeding. She's well. She wants to succeed Jim Pace, and Mike wants to challenge her. So. We're running independent campaigns. We share a lot of the same values, but we we're, we're independent. And I've heard of rumors of somebody in Central Division who I won't name, but I will. All I will say is, and watch the pronouns I use. I will be happy if they decide to run. <laughs> Notice I didn't say yep. he. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm keeping it ambiguous for now. If you know who you are. I would I would strongly encourage you to run and maybe even reach out to me. Now, this person's heavily involved in amateur radio, has won awards and and has been involved in emergency communications. I think they'd be perfect. Oh, excellent. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, very good. I, I really want to thank you for uh for taking the time to talk to me and um let's uh let's keep our fingers crossed. That's that's all I can say. Well, Dan, I do appreciate coming on. I've been a fan of your um, your study guides. I have my kids basically going through them slowly. My kids are seven years old. They're triplets, and <laughs> I'm hoping to get the whole three of them licensed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's going to be a challenge. Triplets, wow. <laughs> I know. It, it's a challenge for everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Thanks again, and uh, and uh, good luck. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll be in touch, uh, touch again. This has been the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast. I'm Dan Romanchik, KB6NU. For more information on my guest today, Rhea Gyrum, N2RJ, and the issues we talked about on the podcast, please see the show notes at nonsenseamateurradio.com. <laughs>